you know any places any Sega nerds hang out around here? Welcome to the Sega Nerdcast, episode 119. I'm Chris, the editor of Sega Nerds, and joining me this week is Graham and Marson. How's it going, guys? Hello. Hey, hello. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. Uh, it's Sunday. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to going back to work next week, <laughs> but uh, I've had a pretty good weekend. What about you guys? It's been standard. Nothing crazy. Uh, next uh, week, I'm actually going to the Arnold Classic in Ohio, which is kind of fun. That's where they do all the powerlifting and all that shit. Oh, and hopefully Schwarzenegger's there, too. Cool. Yes. Oh, and the mountain from Game of Thrones. Oh, nice. That'd be good. That dude's a giant <laughs> of a man. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's participating in one of the competitions, so I want to see him lift some heavy shit. <laughs> okay. Is it like a nice. coconut-crushing competition? No, there's a there's a pole competition, a, like a pole dancing competition. Uh, not not pole dancing, I would love to see but the like doing pole dancing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I would. Yeah, I'd be intrigued. Uh... <laughs> but yeah, other than that, other than the next week, this past week was uh, okay. Yeah. Did you do anything yeah. uh, noteworthy or? Uh, not really. I mean, I've been job hunting. That's fun, but that's about it. Nice. So. Ooh. All right, Graham, what about you? What have you been up to? Uh, well, this weekend, nothing huge interesting, although just, uh, well, I, I took my girlfriend out uh, for a sort of, sometimes you go out the weekend just for lunch, like to, I because I know the area quite well. She's never really been here because my girlfriend's actually from Australia originally. Mm. And then she lived her first couple of years in London. So we live outside of London. It's kind of like, Chris has been to the town I live in. It's kind of a bit more countryside-y. Um, but yeah, um, and I used to live in another town nearby. And when I was driving between the two towns, I kept driving past this sign that said Teapot Island. Mm. It's like a tourist attraction. I was like teapot island wow and the other day i happened to be driving along that road again this was years ago when i first saw it and i was like ah oh, teapot island i need to take kate there so i thought yeah i'm gonna take kate and um i'd never been there before but i just knew where it was and i took her there and i looked at the website actually and the website was like it's it's like a tourist attraction where they've got like over eight thousand teapots and they're all really unique and really different and there's like a cafe there and stuff and i was thinking oh nice little quaint cafe you know um and we got there and it's like right on this like river canal thing, which is kind of cool. And there's an old pub, which is now closed down, which is a bit unfortunate. And you got across this like, it's like a, it's like a solid surface, but there's like water running underneath you, like a bridge. And it's kind of a bit crazy. And we got to this teapot thing and it's there, but it's like a greasy spoon cafe in like the middle of nowhere. And it's just like not a nice place at all. Um, <laughs> greasy I'm sure spoon that- cafe. Oh, you, oh yeah you guys don't really have them over in america do you like uh no <laughs> so chris probably knows what i'm talking about because i took him to one of these like um you get like a all-day english breakfast from there oh, um so 
<laughs> yeah, they're really good, especially if you've got a hangover or something. Um, but so basically, you get like it's basically dirty fry up food. So for like an English breakfast, you normally have like um, eggs, bacon, sausages, toast, baked beans, um, maybe some black pudding. Um, yeah, and um, and it like serves like burgers and stuff, like kind of just food that's kind of bad for you. Like it's like a truck ah truck stop food. Like so in America, I guess that's the the best way to describe it like sounds a like truck a Denny's or an IHOP <laughs> <laughs> like that but less nice I guess like they tend to be they, the thing I is I wouldn't consider food... Denny's or IHOP nice honestly well they're like <laughs> chains and they kind of yeah. I guess there's like a standard they have to have whereas greasy spoons don't really have standards but <laughs> greasy spoons are actually, if, including if you know what... <laughs> yeah but if you if you know if you expect a greasy spoon, they're great. Don't get me wrong. I, lo- I love a greasy spoon as much as the next guy. And I've been to them many a time. But in my head, I had this picture of this nice little quaint village, like little tea shop place where you get like a, like a nice sandwich or something. And he just walked in there and like, oh, this is not... Nice. And my girlfriend there was like, yeah, this seems good. And I was like, really? Uh. <laughs> and we sat down and looked at the venue. And then I was like Googling like the lo- the like local village. It's like a tiny village, neck, neck, like really close by. And they had like some nice pubs there. So I was like, let's go and check those out. But we, there's like a gift shop at this teapot place. And there were loads of teapots you could look at. And like, they were really cool and really crazy. Uh, it's hard to explain. Um, so it's kind of a cool thing, but... Yeah, it's not what I was expecting. And then we just went to a pub, basically, and had a pub meal. But, um, yeah, so that was, like, a, a semi-interesting thing that happened at the weekend, which I thought was kind of funny, because, yeah, oh, well. Um, if you ever probably- come out to New Jersey, Graham, I have to show you around, because New Jersey apparently has more diners than any other state in the United States. They're everywhere. Okay. They're, they're, <laughs> I'm, I'm up for that. And if, if you go to dingy, dirty... Uh, diners and if that's your thing then you'll be right at home here because there are oh, yeah. plenty of them here and there's some actually okay. really really good ones too okay cool let's do that <laughs> awesome um and that was basically my weekend um in a nutshell uh what else i've been doing um actually related to gaming wise i've been working like the last sort of kickstarter funded issue of mega visions which is kind of uh cool uh, but it's not the last issue of Mega Vision. It's just the last one we promised to do via Kickstarter. And I'm kind of excited for what we've got going on in the future, but I won't talk about that just yet. No spoilers. Nothing's no spoilers. concrete at the moment, but I'm very excited. So, Anyway, Chris, have you been to a teapot, teapot cafe place at all this weekend? Uh, you know, I haven't, but uh, I've been doing a, a few other things. Uh, so yesterday, we it was just... It's been... The weather's been really crappy here. It's probably been like a normal day in England where it's just rainy and hazy and just yucky outside. Uh, so <laughs> we decided That's to, a stereotype. Right. They have nice days. <laughs> I don't know. I, I tell you what, it's a lovely sunny day here today, but it was See? freezing cold. It was so cold. It was, it, was, it was nice, but at the same time it was horrible. You had to stand in the sun while you froze. But anyway, carry on. Sorry. Well, anyway, so I wanted to take the family out to a museum in Philadelphia just to kind of get out and, and do something a little bit different. And we Googled a bunch of different ones, and it was after the kids uh, went to their swim class. And we I found one that's called the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia. And we ended up going out to that. It was really cool. Uh, we didn't end up staying as long as I hoped because uh, it closed about 5 o'clock and we got there around 2. 
Mm. So, uh, but they have a really nice IMAX theater where it fills up like the, it's, it's one of those like domed, uh, ceilings or domed screens that I don't know if you guys have been to one of those before where it's essentially the whole ceiling is curved and it's the entire screen. It's amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, they the have one that at the, uh, like museum. Uh, so yeah, we saw one. It was, is about extreme weather. It was done by, uh, National Geographic. And it was really, really cool. It went, uh, it showed different things from the melting of the, the glaciers and it showed, uh, like very extreme tornadoes down in Oklahoma. Uh, and it, it showed wildfires out in California and the storytelling, it was just really good how it, it showed how all of them kind of interact with each other. And they're all kind of, uh, you know, they all kind of feed into each other. Whereas like, you know, the melting of, uh, the glaciers are, are speeding up, uh, you know, just the, the rise in the ocean levels and how that can affect weather in different parts of the world. It was really, really cool. But one of the neat things about it, uh, not necessarily about that movie, but just about the theater itself, is that they show normal movies. Like, they'll do Star Wars there. Uh, they just did a, the last, uh, the most recent Star Wars they had there not too long ago. Yeah, Last Jedi. Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to go see that one because I hate that movie. Uh, well, I guess I'm just very disappointed <laughs> yep. in it. Uh, I know Marson loves yeah. it, but um, it's just really cool. So I want to I want to keep track on what they're showing because I would love to go back and see that. Uh, the screen is, is amazing, um, but probably the coolest part about our visit is something that was not even there yet. It's going to be coming at the end of March. It's a uh, video game exhibit that they're going to be coming. Uh, they're going to be showing here soon. And it's going to show apparently a lot of Sega stuff. Like on, oh, the, cool. on the poster, it has Sonic on it. And so I did a little bit more reading and stuff. And there were some pictures that they're going to be showing. And I guess they, they're going to have uh, a, uh, a big outrun arcade cabinet and all sorts of other stuff. So I'm definitely going to be going back. Uh, March 31st is when it's going to start showing. And so I definitely want to go cool. that week and just check it out and see what they're doing. And maybe I'll, uh, I'll definitely take lots of photos. Maybe I'll see if I can interview the curator of it and, and see about getting, uh, an article about it and get some background information on, on kind of what they're doing there. So it was pretty cool. They also have the terracotta, uh, warriors from China there as well. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. Greg. Oh, wow. Yeah. I've, I've heard of them, the terracotta army. Um, I've seen pictures of them. But I've never actually, seen them seen them apparently a couple i don't know if it was last weekend or the weekend before but they had some sort of uh party or or some something that was happening during the night uh at the franklin institute and there was a guy that slipped through security and went to where the terracotta warriors were at and he cut a thumb off of one of the terracotta warriors and he ended god up, oh gosh he ended up getting caught and uh now I guess China is really upset about it naturally, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they, from what I read, that they want the U.S. to extradite him so they can charge him, like with the criminal Whoa. act. So I don't know what's going on with that, but I don't, you have to be some sort of big dumbass to, to do something like that and, and completely ruin oh God. Uh, yeah. just an immense work of art like that. I just can't believe like it. Like what, what can like? The only thing you can think of that you could get out of that would be some sort of weird bragging rights, like, yeah, I've managed to get a terracotta, like, thumb 
off the warrior or something. But A, who's going to believe you? And B, if they did believe you, they could easily report you to the police. Exactly. And C, you can't sell it or anything. You won't be worth any money to you. Like, like what? <laughs> Surely that's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know what's going to happen. So hopefully, I would, I would laugh if the U.S. decides to extradite him and then he's has to spend, you know, a long time in some sort of Chinese prison. So Man. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but other than that, I picked up a couple games. Uh, oh yeah, I got Evolution Two: uh, Far of Promise on the Dreamcast, which cool. was weird. As I, I could have sworn I already had this in my collection, and I probably do somewhere, but. Uh, I went and uh, printed off that Dreamcast checklist. Have you seen that, Graham? Where it shows like all yeah, the- so I I saw you post it up on Twitter actually. Yeah, and so I went through because I thought I, I I have I know I have a bunch of Dreamcast games, and I thought that I was probably close to maybe the halfway point, and I went and, and checked them all off, and turns out I'm not even I'm I'm about a quarter of the way there, a little over a Ooh. quarter of the way, and so I have a a, a long way to go. And the Dreamcast is is probably if of any Sega system, that's the one that I would like to be able to get all of the games and, and actually have a full complete library of. Uh, I almost yeah. had a complete library at one point in time and ended up selling it off like maybe ten yeah, years yeah. or so ago. Damn you. I was an idiot, <laughs> but uh, but I definitely want to try to do it this time around. And my what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to try to buy a different game a week off ebay or wherever i could pick them up at and yeah. i want to see doing it that way how quickly i can actually amass it and, and hopefully I'll, I'll come across some some bigger uh lots and collections that i can pick up along the way uh but i definitely want that's it's going to be a goal of mine is is uh to try to get yeah whole dreamcast library just of north american uh right now and i'll see where i want to go after that but yeah i've and, already got most the, of the most of the the more expensive dreamcast games i already have and so there's probably oh, a few good. other ones that yeah. uh, like marvel versus capcom 2 i don't have i know that goes for quite a bit um but and some of the others but i have most of the the more expensive ones now so it's just going out and and trying to get uh you know the more common and, and uncommon ones do you have c man yeah. i do have c man Okay. Excellent. The, the, I think the good thing about the Dreamcast one is that it's also one of the say, well, one of the main consoles that was released that you can really sort of get the collection for. Because I think like the Mega Drive, like you know Genesis and stuff, they had a huge collection of games and you know like things like the PlayStation and stuff. Like there's thousands of games on those systems. Whereas the Dreamcast is um, is it six or eight hundred or something? It's was it less than that? It could be even be less than that. I'm not sure. I thought that there was close to 200 for the North I thought it was, Whoa. I thought it was more than that. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, well. Yes. Do a bit of Googling while we're on the air. That's good. Um, but, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's a reachable <laughs> amount, though. That's the thing. Like, you can you can achieve it. How, yeah, I wonder how many were released. And Yeah, in total, there were 636. Exclusive okay. to North America, Europe, and Japan. Right. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, it looks like 336 games were released well, in North America. It, uh, okay, fair enough. Which is still a lot. And it, yeah, it's still a lot. What are you going to try collecting? Like new ones, like sort of the sort of indie releases and stuff. Like you know, flashback and four four jam of and... those. But uh, I didn't 
buy as many of the ones that released last year that I would like to, so I definitely want to pick those up, but I don't necessarily count those in the official list. Yeah, I get, yeah they weren't technically, they weren't officially licensed by Sega, like all the other ones were, like in the, you know, when Capcom released a game on the Dreamcast, Sega actually licensed it to be on the Dreamcast. They gave them the GDI technology and, you know, GD-ROM stuff and, you know, the toolkits and stuff, so, yeah, I guess officially licensed games right uh so more to come on that i'll definitely update you guys as i as, as i keep going nice. along this uh this new quest that i'm i'm barking upon the problem is is that i'll just i i go through different phases where i'm like oh i want to collect for dreamcast or now i want to collect for genesis and i get on just these different kicks and i'll i'll be on that for a few months and then i'll start collecting for 3do or, or just something or turbo graphics uh, but this time around, I, I want to try to stay committed for at least a year and see how far I can go in, in a year and how many games I can collect without going too crazy. Cool. So we'll see. Uh, what have we been playing? Uh, Marcin, what have you been playing? Uh, I bought Secret of Mana uh, this past week. Uh, the physical version, because apparently GameStop has the exclusivity rights to the physical version of Secret of Mana. So I've been playing a little bit of that. Uh, and I'm enjoying it. I mean, despite the reviews and some of the comments that people are, you know, saying, I actually am really enjoying the game. I think it's a real faithful adaptation. So, um, I think that you guys should give it a try if you've played the Super Nintendo version. What were some what, of the negative seems- things that uh, people were saying about it? Uh, so, this one has voice acting in it, so I could see how some people wouldn't really like that. They have Japanese and English voice acting um, in this one. And graphically, I mean, it's not up to par with, like, other Square Enix games. You could tell this was kind of on a budget, but I like the style and, and the way it looks a bit simplistic, but I really like how it looks. I mean, it was also 40 bucks, so... <laughs> I, mean, I think that's, that's one that of the... Yeah, and then some people were saying it's glitchy or something, but I, I'm not seeing any glitches, so I don't know. Interesting. Graham, what about you? Um, so I haven't really picked up any much recently, uh, but I did, uh, play Agatha, uh, Agatha, you know, you meant to pronounce it, the, the demo for the Dreamcast that was released, um, earlier this year. Um, yeah, if you don't, if the listeners don't know about it, uh, Agatha, Agatha or Agatha, um, was a game being de- developed by No Cliche, one of Sega's internal studios for the Dreamcast. Um, and they released a demo at E3 in 2000 and the game was shaping up to look quite interesting and quite cool. Uh, it was like a third person sort of game. Um, and then they just cancelled it. Um, so yeah, not much was really known about it. And then I think it was like very late last year or early this year, a guy called Lawrence C, he, he's big in the Dreamcast community. He, um, he actually had a GD ROM of it. He managed to pick up a GD ROM like an eBay sale or something. And he put it online basically in January this year. And, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, people have been able to play it recently and stuff, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I didn't bother to actually download it originally, but I did it the other day and started playing it. And it's kind of cool. Um, it's a pity that it's a very early basic demo, massively glitchy. You can't really do much in it, but it's kind of like one of those games you think if this was actually turned into a real game, it could have been really interesting, but we'll just never have it, which is kind of a shame, but oh well. Yeah. Uh, have you guys played it at all? 
Mm-hmm. I, I haven't played it. I've, I've watched some of the the videos. I think uh, some of the stuff that Tom did at Dreamcast Junkyard. I watched, and it does mm-hmm. look really promising. And it's just a bummer that uh, you know it never came to fruition. But I'm just glad that this was released. It, it was really neat that people could can kind of in in a way still play the game, even though it's just a very yeah. small like part. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. Even for an early demo, the visual is actually pretty decent. It's like lots of snow flying around you and. Um, I mean, the character model's kind of a bit basic, but his movements are pretty much all there. And um, there's a quite, because quite a, like, there's a few characters, like AI characters in it. Um, they don't really do anything. But what, there's, there's a couple who are like these guys gambling in, a, in like this little hut thing. And there's like a donut thing on the table. And every time I walked over to the table, I tried to click on this donut. And I don't know if I was actually picking it up or not, but the donut would move occasionally. And it's all going in the middle of the table. And as they're playing the card game, the guy, one of the guys playing the cards will suddenly pick up the donut and put it back where it was. Almost like going, we're playing cards here, guys. We'll just pick it up and put it back. Uh, which is kind of funny, I thought. I thought it was quite good. Um, but yeah, that's um, there's not really much to do in the game, unfortunately. And uh, it's very basic. And yeah, oh well. But worth, worth a download and play around with. I definitely want to, to download it when I get some time. Mm. And give it a trot. I've been playing uh, Silver Valley. Uh, have you guys heard about that? I've heard of it, but yes. I've not played it. So it's 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 a Master System game that was released, like I think, December of last year or so. And it's a Castlevania-style game, which is, is pretty cool in itself because the Master System never really got a Castlevania-style game other than Vampire uh, Master of Darkness, uh, which was a... a uh, not necessarily a clone, but it was kind of Sega's answer to Castlevania. Um, but this mm. game's really, really interesting. Uh, the character sprites are really good, I think, especially yeah. when you consider that this is on an 8-bit system. Uh, the, the main character, he, he looks a lot like something that you would see from like Final Fantasy 2 or 3 on the Super Nintendo. Uh, and so just from that alone, I think the, the sprites look really good. There's uh, some, uh, I think, parallax scrolling. Some of the, the background layers do scroll. Oh, cool. Uh, some of the out, outdoor levels. Um, it's, it's a fairly simplistic game, but it's really tough. Uh, it's, it's definitely a very challenging game. I've been playing it on my Retro Freak, which is, which is kind of nice because you can use save states. <laughs> and I, I definitely <laughs> need that because if I didn't have that, it, I would not get very far in this game. Uh, there's definitely a lot of trial and error. Uh, I never really feel that the game is is unfair at all uh, or cheap. It's just very hard. Uh, but it's, yeah. it's it's really neat so far. I I think I'm on level 39 or stage 39, um, which is, seems like a lot. But uh, each each like little section is kind of its own level. So it's it's not necessarily like stages or levels in the traditional sense. Um, so it, it's kind of inflated there, but uh, it's pretty neat. There's it, the story. It, it's something in, involved like this, you know, this giant dragon awakens and basically destroys this kingdom, and the king comes to you and and says that you're kind of the the last hope in going out and finding six different jewels to gain this power that can defeat this dragon. And so basically, you set upon this quest to go and find these six different jewels that you'll ultimately be able to, to use to defeat the dragon. 
and so each each kind of stage is is set in in different areas like there's uh desert mountains um water levels it's it's all kind of the the stereotypical type of stages that you've played you know many many times before um but there's lots of platforming uh lots of jumping and and stuff like that that can get a little tricky uh, but it's really good, and especially that I think it was is only done by like one one person, I think. And so from that Ooh. standpoint, I, th- I think it's it's pretty impressive. I'm gonna try to crank out a review for uh, Mega Visions and, uh, and and get that in there um, in this last issue. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Uh, it's a really good game. Uh, so if you have some time and you're interested in playing a, a Master System game that is fairly new. Definitely go check that out. You, you should probably be able to find it just by Googling Silver Valley uh, and downloading it from there. Uh, and the other game I've been playing is The Takeover uh, on Steam. It's in early access right now, but this is a Streets of Rage style game. Uh, and it's been in development for a while. It's by Pelican13. He's done a lot of oh, uh, yeah. the, the Sonic uh, you know, uh, homebrew stuff over the years and visually the game looks fantastic it looks really really good uh in a lot of ways have you heard about that other game it's like raging justice we mm, i feel like i've heard of it we yeah on sega nerds about it uh but it's gonna be coming to uh ps4 xbox one and, and maybe pc as well uh, but the the games they look really close to you know to each other uh visually uh, I haven't played Raging Justice. I don't think there's a demo or anything like that out. Uh, but I'm I'm really liking what uh, Pelican 13's doing with the Takeover. Uh, I guess he released a new uh, version of it uh, last week or the week before, and so now you can actually have a there's a stage select uh, screen where you can just pick whatever stage you want to play. I, I don't think that's going to be there in the final version, uh, but Odin and I were. We're playing it earlier today, and it's it's really neat. It definitely uh, pushes the uh, Streets of Rage, you know, formula forward, where you can now use guns, and uh, you know, it, it still keeps to the the same formula, but it, it introduces some new things. And I'm really enjoying it so far. Apparently, it's getting close to being completed, uh, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I definitely want to review that once the uh, the final releases is. is is uh, done. Awesome. Yeah, so check that out. Um, okay, so I think that's going to do it for what we've been playing. Now let's get into the newsstand. Graham, you want to mm. take us through the first bit of news? Yeah, sure. Um, so Sega announced that Shining Resonance Refrain is coming to the West this summer. Woo! Um, so yeah, this is apparently it's the first Shining game to be released in 10 years. Uh, that's according to the actual trailer of the game, which is quite exciting. And also exciting, it seems to be coming to basically every platform. So PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, PC, and I'm very happy to say Xbox One. Yes. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, the, um, the, they released a trailer for it. It's more of just like a CGI sort of cinematic trailer, so can't really tell what the actual gameplay is like i don't think um so i'm not sure if it's going to be like the traditional strategy game or it's, if it's, no, be a little is, bit it's all real-time combat and so it's oh real-time combat yeah. there we go awesome <laughs> we'll talk awesome, more about right? this uh in a later segment but sega actually they they did a a whole 24-hour live stream of a bunch of different games but they played this for about an hour uh during mm. that that stream 
And so the, the video is floating around online. So if, if you're interested, you can watch some of that. But what was neat about it, cause I, I assumed that they were going to be playing the Japanese version, but it's actually the localized version. So I think it's going to be the, uh, oh, the new cool. one coming out. Uh, so you can watch it and it's all in, in English, the, the, the text and everything. Uh, it looks, it looks pretty cool. This is, so the, the original was released on the PS3, uh, and this one looks, it looks really good. It, it doesn't look like a PS3 game, so it looks like they went in and, uh, you know, worked on some of the visuals as well. Yeah, and apparently they've added, they're including all the DLC for the original game, um, and uh, some other stuff, I think. Like, I can't remember. I, I did read it a second ago. Now I can't see what I was looking at, which is a bit annoying. But yeah, so it's basically the, uh, an enhanced version of the original PS3 game with all the DLC included and stuff. Yeah, so um, it's right here. Uh, it says it's going to include all the stuff in the original mode, but there's also a refrain mode that unlocks the Imperial Princess Excella and Dragon Slayer Genus as party members for a new experience. Says so just be sure Ooh. to save this for your second playthrough to avoid any spoilers. Okay, nice. <laughs> um, nice. There is going to be a, um, like pre-order versions as well, like including a metal slipcase, so uh, character artwork and and other things. I think. When yeah. is this Sorry, supposed I'm, to be released? Uh, is this? It says in the summer. Okay, I, actually, right. I was actually just looking for. That. I couldn't see a date. But, yeah, I don't uh, think there is a release date. Yeah. It's just uh, the summer, so that'll be good. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm pretty excited by this as well. Um, I've always loved the the Shining Force series. I you know I've been a huge fan of that for a long time, and I even liked I liked some of the other Shining games that they did uh, after that. Like I think it was um was it Shining Force Exa or can't remember what they oh, called it but it's like yeah i can't remember now i, uh, I remember no playing that watching, on the yeah. i think it was the ps2 and i really enjoyed that uh, and there were some a, a few other ones that I, I really liked as well it's just crazy that it's really been 10 years since we've had a shining game i know it's uh oh, man. i miss the original shining force games i like the that real i uh, like the sort of strategy side of things but this is kind of cool as well i remember um, playing shining force for the first time and that was I think my first introduction to the anime style uh, artwork uh, for, you know, how they had all the character portraits mm. and things like that. <laughs> yeah. That was the first time I saw it as a little kid, and I, I really loved it. That was one of the, the coolest parts of that game, how you would it would show your character on screen during the battle, but then it would also show the portraits of them, and, and you could see them, you know, I think it had some... Uh, some slight animation, I think, when they talked, maybe, or they would show different emotions, and I, I thought that yeah, was really think so. neat about it. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to, to Shining uh, Resonance. It's going to be yeah, I think it's going to be cool. I'm I'm excited for this one, definitely. Yep. Awesome, cool. Uh, Marson, you want to take the second bit of news? Uh, sure. So uh, we know we've known for a while that uh. Well, there have been rumors initially that there was a Sonic the Hedgehog movie in development. It actually wasn't until not too long ago where we actually got an official confirmation that a movie was happening. Um, and basically, we've now gotten a confirmed date. Uh, so the Sonic the Hedgehog movie will open November 15th, 2019. So a little over a year and a half. For now, uh, like mentioned before, Neil Moritz uh, is producing the project. Uh, Deadpool director Tim Miller is executive producing. Um, 
and the movie will essentially be a mix of live action and CGI, which I am a little weary about just because I wasn't the biggest fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the, the most recent ones anyway. Um, and yeah, so okay. that's good that we have a solid release date, but are you guys excited to see this movie? I think the first thing that we need to keep our, you know, like keep focused on is that this movie is not going to be for us. You know, this is, I, I have a, you know, a, a feeling this is going to be geared towards kids and not long time Sonic fans who are now in their, you know, early to mid thirties. Mm-hmm. Mm. But there are yeah, also I... good kid movies like Toy Story three and two is good regardless of age, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, so and like, I think the Sonic Boom series has shown us, though, that too, that you can write Sonic that is really funny and yeah, smart and, I agree. and really good. And and so it's it's I don't know it's I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm interested to see what they do. I think a mix between CGI and, and live action can work. Uh, I thought that some of the Alvin and the Chipmunk, Chipmunk movies, uh, probably the first one was my favorite, but I, I've watched several of them with my kids. Uh, but I thought those were pretty good, and I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Can uh, you imagine if they reimagine Sonic's image like how they did with the Ninja Turtles? Oh God. <laughs> and it's going to be like a, a realistic-looking hedgehog. <laughs> Do you think it's going to be oh, yeah. modern or classic Sonic? Uh, good question. And which would you rather have? I, I think it's going to be modern, sure. I think it'll be modern Sonic. Yeah pretty sure uh, and he's gonna have a I, human love interest that's why it's a mix of yeah, live action and cgi that's what i don't get because here's the thing with the turtles i actually didn't mind the new turtles movies i don't think they're the best movies in the world but i was fine with them but in the original turtles cartoon and stuff the turtles were living in a human world and like the original sonic games though sonic wasn't in a human world i know robotnik is like a human but he was like the only human really mm-hmm. and it just seems but when they had like sonic 06 and they actually had sort of sonic interacting with human characters it felt just so weird and alien and i think it still does feel really odd um well sonic they're probably in, going like sonic, I mean, adventure. sonic adventure he was station in, square yeah yeah that's still that still felt a bit odd but i guess because they're kind of cartoony and not very good Right, they all look like, like they, shit, so they all blend yeah, in. Yeah, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> but, Do you think but, yeah, they're I, going I, to have a live-action Robotnik? Yeah. It'll be animated. I, I think, well, maybe, I don't know. I don't. I mean, we don't that, even know what that, the storyline is. Maybe it's like they, they get sucked into the real world for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it'd be weird having the only human character in that's been in Sonic consistently as like CGI, but then having <laughs> other human CGI. actors. That would yeah. be just really weird. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think this is this is one that could go either way for me. I'm really that sounds really stupid to say, but like there's some things you can see and you can just be like, yeah, that sounds like a bad idea. This could either turn out to be really good. But how would you feel about yeah. the voice? acting cat like the, the voice cast would you i want jaleel white as sonic the hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've never been that bothered about the actors playing sonic and stuff they've all sounded pretty good to me you know i've never there's never been a sonic act voice actor i've been like oh he sounds really different or he sounds really odd like all the ones i've heard and thought yeah he sounds like sonic to me yeah. so, well, I'm, 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 I'm forgetting his name but who voices eggman 
today. Gosh, I forget his name. Uh, that's really annoying. I've actually met him. Um, Mike yeah, Pollock. Think, Mike Pollock, yes. That's the one. Yeah, so, Mike but Pollock, his, yeah. I mean, his voice is iconic to, to Eggman now. I mean, I just, mm. it would be weird to have someone else voice him at this point, I think. Mm-hmm. That is he's true. So, he's tied so closely to the series. But then again, if you have a live actor, obviously you're not going to be able to you know, like dub in Mike Pollock's voice, I guess, right? Well, you could try. It'd be bad. Yeah, the weirder things have happened in movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So maybe they could make Eggman CGI and they have Mike Pollock voicing him. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. This is... It's, I just hope it's not one of those where, yeah, he has to... He, they somehow get transported into our world and Sonic has to work with a group of kids to help, you know, stop... <laughs> Well, it'd be, like Son- from- it'd be like Sonic X, right? <laughs> I, yeah, Remember I, Sonic I, X? Oh, I hope it is that. <laughs> I hope it is. That. Just so then we can have you bitching about it on a podcast. Just for that reason. <laughs> I'm, I'm not invested in this movie at all to the point where I'm going to be upset either way. I, In a way, I'd almost think it would be funny if I think it'd be Sonic hilarious a, a live actor... Just to see people get really pissed about it. A live, oh, a live actor is <laughs> like Sonic, the, like a guy in a costume. Yeah. Or yeah. why don't they just make him like a Muppet, like they did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like the first three in the early nineties? Oh, that would be so oh, good. That, that'd be oh, hilarious. God. Like he just has like very dead eyes and like a moving mouth. Yeah. No matter what uh, they do, he look like people, a Chuck E. Cheese character. People are going to be pissed no matter what, and there's going to be. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it's this. It's a Sonic. Sonic I, I just yeah. don't understand why they haven't just made a whole CGI movie. Because do you remember they did? When was it? I think it was around the time of Sonic Unleashed. They actually did like a a shorts, like a like a CGI shorts movie thing. Do you remember that? No, I don't. It's like ah, oh, it was. We, we posted on the website and stuff. It was really good. It was about ten minutes long or something. It was really good. The really the animation was really good quality and actually made me excited for Sonic Unleashed, which was a bit of a mistake, but um. Yeah, I don't know. It just, I wish they could have just gone for the CGI all the way through. Uh, but, you know, we, it's not our money. We, yeah, I do agree that it would, it would probably be better served as a full CGI movie, but, um, I don't know. We'll see, we'll see what happens. It's I want to see a cameo from Sonichu. That's what I want to see. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Chan, having Chris Chan up. in it would be amazing. As the main character. Oh, Oh no! All right. Um, so next up is the Fist of the North Star demo has uh, released on the Japanese PlayStation Store uh, a few days ago, uh, which cool. is pretty neat. I I did download it and I played it a little bit, uh, and it's really interesting. It looks great. Uh, the demo itself was about seven point six five gigabytes. Uh, and it's split up into two parts. One is you basically, it's, it's all about like fighting. You're in this one enclosed space and you fight, you know, like, like five to 10 bad guys. And you just basically, it, it kind of takes you through the different combo system and everything else. Uh, being that this game is developed by, uh, Yakuza Studios, uh, it's very closely tied into the Yakuza combat system. So if you've played any of the the, the most current Yakuza games, you're going to feel right at home here. Uh, there are some some notable differences, uh, but it's it is it's it's really really good. The combat feels awesome. 
Uh, Odin and I were playing it, and he re- he really enjoyed it. Uh, the second part of the demo, you are uh, it's more of the the main game where you're walking around a town, and it's it's very similar to Yakuza, where uh, you have the map uh, in one of the corners, and it shows you you know like your little arrow or the little pink dot where you have to go. Uh, you follow that, and you you know you can be walking through the town, and a group of you know bad guys confront you and you have to to have like a fight right in the middle of the the area just like you do in yakuza uh so it's it's pretty it's pretty good uh i don't the we posted a video on sega nerds and uh in the video there is a uh, um a youtuber who basically goes through and gives a ton of background information about the game uh and how it kind of ties into the yakuza series it's really really uh it's really good information. So if you're interested in learning more about it, uh, definitely go check out that video. Um, there's some good stuff there. But the game releases in Japan on March 8th, and there's not been a confirmation on whether this game is going to come uh, to the West yet. And I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on that and, and if you think that Sega should go ahead and localize this for the West. Oh, for sure. Like, it, it, considering, like... I don't know the popularity of Japanese, uh, you know, games and and I mean, anime-based games and all that kind of stuff. I think they should absolutely localize it. I'm pretty sure they are going to. So, hopefully, if not, they'd be stupid yeah, not I'd, to. Yeah, I think it'd be good if they did. To be honest, though, I've never played a Fist of North Star game. I, this one of those franchises that's always just passed me by. Uh, I know they exist, but I've just known nothing about them. So. If it wasn't released over here, I wouldn't care. Like I wouldn't miss anything. But I'm sure it's got a it's got a big enough following. That it's been a big franchise. It's been going on for years now. So it's I think it'd be cool to actually have it released over here. I remember playing um, Fist of North Star on the NES back in the day, and this was before I even knew what the series was. Uh, and it was it was a very simple game. It was a side scroller, and you just have guys, you know, bad guys coming at you from left and right, and you could you know hit them and they'd fly off the screen or just explode uh-huh. uh, in a, a very simple manner. But it was uh, it was interesting. I, I I liked the game back then, uh, and there's different sorts of combos that you can do in this game. I don't know if you have you guys ever watched any of the Fist of the North Star anime? Not me. And so there's like a I I, I don't know the type of martial art or, or the technique that uh, the main character does, but he hits them in such a way that it will like make their heads explode or make their bodies (laughs) explode. And like, you know, uh, like basically, you know, their heads will start morphing and then they'll just burst into just giant explosion of blood and guts. And there's, you can actually do that in in the game as well. There's like a different, like quick time style, uh, events that will happen as you're, um, doing a combo. And it's, it's really, really fun. So, if you guys have a PS4 and you have a Japanese account, you definitely need to go out and, and get this game because you know if, if it never does release over here, uh, which would be a shame, this would be the, the one of the only ways that you can play it uh, unless you import it, of course. Right. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um, next bit of news: Sega raised over two thousand one hundred pounds in its Game Blast Ooh. charity drive. So I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch any of that stream. I missed it, unfortunately, yeah. which is really annoying. Um, yeah. I wanted to watch it, but I actually ended up missing it. I was working, so I couldn't go 
can do it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to hop in a little bit throughout the day. Uh, so this is something that they, I know that they did it last year, uh, but I don't know if uh, if they've done it in years past. Uh, last year they raised over a thousand pounds, so this year I think they've doubled their goal, and they it was uh, two thousand pounds is what they wanted to to raise, and they were able to get that. They went over it uh, by about a little over a hundred pounds, which is really cool. The uh, all the proceeds go to it goes to a charity called Special Effect, and that is, the charity uh, helps enable severely disabled people use computers uh, with whichever body part that that works best for them. Uh, and so, you know, this is a, a, a really neat way that they help people that, you know, are otherwise wouldn't be able to, to use a computer to interact with, with people or just do work on a computer. Uh, they help them uh, do different things. Like, so I guess there is some sort of eye control technology that they've uh, created for people who are paralyzed or people that can't speak. And they can use uh, eye movement to somehow manipulate uh, the computer, which is pretty neat. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I'm I'm really annoyed I missed it, but uh, it sounded like it's um, going to be a, a good a good event basically because uh, they showed off like some cool games, but also they had some other stuff going on, didn't they? Yeah, so they like, uh, they had the PC version of Puyo Puyo Tetris there, which has yet to release. They played Sonic Mania, Alien Isolation, Bayonetta, and like we were saying earlier, they were playing um, the uh, Shining uh, Resonance Refrain. They were playing that as well. Uh, but they also had, uh, what's her name? Helena, uh, Helena Taylor. Taylor. She's the voice yeah. actress for Bayonetta. So she stopped by and, and played some games with them and, and that sort of thing. So that was kind of a neat thing. I'm, I'm glad that Sega, uh, you know, did this and they were able to raise and, and meet their, uh, their goal. I, I chipped in a little bit of money just to try to help, uh, you know, do my little part, uh, help them, you know, meet their goal. Uh, but it was really neat. And so, uh, hopefully they do this again next year and can raise even more money. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and hopefully next year I can actually tune in. But I assume that their stream, I should, did they save their stream to YouTube? I hope you'll be able to go and watch it or something. Yeah, it's on, If you, I think if you go to the Sega Europe YouTube channel, you should be able to find it. Or if you go to uh, Sega's Twitch channel, I think it's there as well. Uh, and so it's either, either one of those two channels, you'll be able to find it. Uh, but there's also, uh, like bits cut out, uh, that are focused on the specific games too. So if you just want to watch the, um, uh, the shining resonance video, you can do that as well. It's, it's floating around on there. Uh, I'll probably post that on the, the website, uh, later today. So. Um, yeah, so good news on that front. It's pretty cool that they were able to do that. Yep, cool. So, uh, I think yeah. that's going to do it for the news. We got one more bit of news. We just kind of missed. Um, they had uh, Shenmue Three news oh, yeah. uh, in Magic Monaco. Uh, they released some screenshots. Uh, four to be exact, and the game is looking much better than, than it was, uh, a couple of months back. Um, I, given, I don't think these are the current state of the game either. I think it's just, you know, earlier progress, but, you know, it's, it's farther along than what they showed previously. Uh, but based on what, you know, we're seeing, you can see some facial expressions. There's this, uh, picture of a girl that they showed, kinda looks like Megumi from the first game in Shenmue with the cat. 
she looks very good. Uh, there's one with uh, Rio and an old man. It looks like Rio's about to like knock him in the head with like a rock or something. <laughs> like he's about to knock the fuck out of that guy. Uh, and then there's another one with a new character. Uh, he's holding a bamboo stick and or a broom. I don't know. <laughs> or a bamboo, a bamboo stick. stick. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. They they, they look really good. Um, Rio doesn't look as dead in the eyes as he did before. Uh, that hmm. fourth one with that with that uh, guy with the red shirt, he still looks a little weird. I think yeah. his facial expression hasn't changed. But again, I I have faith that they'll you know work on it or it's it's more farther along uh, than it, than it has been. Um, there's also a trailer that they uh, showed exclusively to the people at Magic Monaco. Um, someone actually recorded it uh, off camera, and it's essentially just an extended version of the trailer they showed last year at Gamescom, and they kind of make a point that it's a Gamescom 2017 trailer. Uh, so in the trailer, uh, the new footage, uh, essentially you can see um, more uh, of the QTE. You can see him also uh, fighting... Uh, in QTE title, which you actually could see in uh, the original Shenmue arcade, uh, which is kind of cool. I don't know why it's in the middle of nowhere in a village, but okay. Um, and there is also some extended footage from like cutscenes that, that are in the game, and they all look pretty good. But again, this is footage from a couple of months back, and the, and they made a point uh, at the beginning of the trailer. Uh, that it's it's not the current state of the game, nor is it the final state. But I'm liking what I'm seeing. So yeah, what um, do you guys? There's think? one thing. There's one thing I just want to pick up on, like for Rio's character model. I know it's still not the final model, and it's still early days. But in all the screenshots I've seen, he he looks really young. Like a, I know he was quite a young cat guy in like the original Shenmue. Like he was mm-hmm. was he 17 or 18 or something? 18. So, he was 18, yeah. He looks, like, even younger now. Like, his face just looks really young. I think it, I think it looks fine. I don't think he looks I don't know any what it is. Some, younger than is 18, it, honestly. Yeah, Do we know, I don't know how far this game's supposed to be set from the... the well, guess, it, it'd be, like, weeks, days, or, you know... It, well, it takes place immediately after, after 2. So they start mm. w- in the cave... Uh, or at least the day after the cave, so it's not far at all. So mm-hmm. it's not how like there's a w- giant t- time lapse. <laughs> well, how funny would it be if the original idea was to have the cave as like some sort of time freezing zone that um, <laughs> basically twenty years later he emerges? So that it's actually like almost real time. They've actually waited twenty years, and it's actually now like. Because it was set in the 1980s, it's now, it's now like the two, year 2000 or something. <laughs> like the fuck? <laughs> what is this? iPod? Smartphones? No, that'd be dumb. Yeah, that'd be dumb. <laughs> <laughs> but Graham is not writing these stories. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Damn it. <laughs> I'm interested, because in that video, it was hard to really see what was going on with the QT. Uh, right. Reading that, it's it's a different setup or a different kind of mechanic and so i'm really interested in seeing what's happening there right hmm. so um but yeah it's gonna be a different mechanic well it's like, it's what? the way it if, if you watch the video it's almost like in some games i'm trying to think what what type of game uses it um i guess in some of the yakuza games where 
you'll have the the button that you have to press. Say it's like the the A button, and you'll you'll get like a time where there's like a, a ring that floats from the the outside of the screen that will come mm. all the way to the the center, and you have to match the the timing of when that the the circle okay. hits the it's the the middle, and to be able to to accurately or successfully you know go on to the next scene or whatever, which is different from what was in Shinobi 1 and 2, where it's basically whatever button like beeps like three or four times, and you have to hit it within that certain time, or you yeah. instantly fail. I don't know. I don't know if that's what was going on there. That video was really hard to, to kind of see. Yeah, as Marston said, the video was off, off, off screen, so it's kind of blurry, so if anyone's going to actually go and watch it, yeah, it's kind of a blurry thing to watch, so... It's kind of hard to tell. I, I, it did say at the I, beginning, please don't record this. And some yeah, it's recording quite funny. <laughs> yeah, don't record this. Okay. Yeah. Did anyone oh, look to dear. see if uh, Landy was in the background? Because he was in the uh, the first video that came out. You remember that? Oh, I don't work. think so. I don't think it was Landy that was in the background. It was Nyao-san, which is one of the big four you know, bosses in the background. Pretty sure that's what it was. But uh, oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, I think you know. Actually, I think Landy was also there as like an Easter egg. I don't think they're actually legit in the game. I think they just shoved them in there for shits. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. think it was any sort of Easter egg or any hints or anything. I just it was. I, I'd be interested to see if they took them out for for this video for whatever reason. <laughs> actually, do, do you guys know if if Shenmue Three is going to be the final Shenmue game? Like, is it going to round off the actual story? He, or he, is he actually, he actually said he was planning at least up to four he said he can't ah. finish it uh at three so well, here's cool. hoping we don't wait another 15 years um <laughs> and also interesting to know the the new screenshots they released of rio he looks slightly different from the ones that they released in january like i thought his face looks a little different from that okay. screenshot they showed in january so i don't know which one's the more current one i don't know but in that one, he he's at least like the one they showed in January. He's showing a little more facial expressions when he's looking at at Shenfa. So I don't know. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, these new screens look really good, though. I I'm I'm really happy I with the I, I do like that. But the, some people are still bitching about like them looking weird. Like I yeah, they look good no matter what. But. Well, I think they I, look I, really I, good. His thing, I think if it was released today, them looking like that, I think I'd be a bit like, I'd, I'd personally be a little bit disappointed because I do think they do still look a bit wooden and stuff, but I, I know that it, then it's not the final version. I know they're still working on it. So they look good considering it's quite an early, like, version of the game, as it were. So I don't, I, I think people are bitching so worried that it's going to look like that when it gets released, basically. When is he going to take off that damn band aid? He's never, never going to take off. He's had that thing. Yeah. He's like Nelly. Is it he the same band-aid? Or does no, Nelly, Nelly was influenced by Rio. Rio wasn't influenced <laughs> by Nelly. <laughs> but is it the same That's band-aid true. that he's had on just this whole time? <laughs> oh, or does he, does he change Yeah, it? since he was like six. I don't know. Good, good question. <laughs> But that's like his, that's like a, his thing. But like that, I mean, he can't he take it have, off his he face. He had that for, after he got beat up by Landy, though, right? He had that the whole he didn't time. Have it before that, did he? Yeah, he did. I, can't <laughs> I think he, I feel like he did. Now yeah. you're making me doubt myself. Hold because on. why? Oh, why no. would he have a just the band? It doesn't make sense. Why would he have it a bandaid on his face before he got beat up? It could be a birth defect, and we're sort of <laughs> just assuming. Yeah, he's just like hiding it. No, he did have it before he. Before he was fighting Landy, yeah, it's just like a thing on his face. He got beat up so bad, but he didn't put more band aids on his face. 
Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't know. I, I agree. Now it's, it's kind of part of, of his character. So right. If you just weird. remove it, then I'd be weird. It'd be weird for him not to have it. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Here's another question. Do you guys think it's going to be released this year? No. Oh man. Uh So okay. So they said in the the fourth quarter of this year, right? That's what they said. So initially it was supposed to be released last year, December, but no one believed that was going to happen. And now they, uh, early, uh, later in the year, in 2017, they said they're pushing it to the fourth quarter of 2018. But I don't think they're going to make it either. I don't honestly. think so. I think that Yu Suzuki is such a perfectionist and such an artist committed to his work that he's not going to release his game until he feels it is completely ready. And if you listen to some of the things that Corey Marshall has said when we've interviewed him, like he is just, you is so detail oriented and you know, he just from just every little piece of the game, like I I just, I, I can't imagine that he could release this game that quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's yeah. been what they announced it twenty fifteen. It's been like not even two years. There not even three years. Honestly, like if it takes them four years to make, that's perfectly reasonable. Obviously, and I, I would yeah, be but, fine. I I want this yeah. game to release when it's ready. Do people really want them? You know, th- to release the game before. Yu Suzuki's happy with it, just to be able to get the game right. in their hands. I mean, that's right. Exactly. I, I don't think so. I think we need just to wait and, and be patient until right. Because a rushed game will be shit forever, so you might as well. And just... it would really put into jeopardy any future games. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you got to keep in mind that you know this game, it's going to be, it's going to be released outside of the Kickstarter, right? I mean, it's going to be released commercially. Right on the PS4, at mm-hmm. least digitally. Right. And so if they released NPC. it and the, the the sales were really crappy because the game is shit, that's you know that's not going to give Sony any sort of you know uh, confidence or confidence that they could come out with another game. But if right. it comes out and it's a, an amazing game, even if it's re- delayed into, then Sega would publish it themselves. Maybe. <laughs> Even if it's released or delayed until the summer or fall of 2019. I think 2020, honestly. Oh, man, that's a long time. I don't know. About yeah. That, but, but even if it was, okay, say it was released to, you know, the second half or early 2020, the second half of 2019 or the early 2020. If it was the game that everyone wanted and, and it was just a really, really good game and sold really well then that's going to give Sony and Sega a reason to get behind this this series again. And so I, I think just waiting and, and, and doing it right is the way to go. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So Definitely. I, de- I mean, that's not to say I don't want to play the game. I, <laughs> I really, really want to play this game. But uh, I, th- I think they should just wait until it's, it's ready. Wait till it's done cooking. For sure. Yeah, there's so much hype about it that you know all the fans have been craving for it so you, you don't, don't want it to be a mighty right. number nine or even i think i mean people are even bitching no Man's about Sky ukulele yeah all that stuff hey what's wrong with ukulele that's actually quite a good game some people uh, are bitching about it <laughs> it's a it's a fine 3d platform i don't understand why you're, oh, i don't uh, know like no Man's sky for example is hyped up so much and it came out everyone was like 
What? <laughs> I uh, like No Man's Sky, and apparently they've they've continued to release Name updates. Your Planet Simulator. <laughs> and it's from what I've read, and I haven't played the game in a long time, but it's it's a really good game now. And so, yeah, I did I did see that they had been updating it, but when they released it though, a lot of people were expecting it to be more like there's there's a whole thing about like being able to like meet people online and stuff, and that never happened originally. Like people were some people actually right. landed on the same planet. And they couldn't see each other and stuff. Like, that wasn't actually included in the game. They sort of admitted it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all this other stuff. So, yeah, you were just flying from planet to planet, which is kind of, it's kind of impressive. But at the same time, there wasn't much else to do. But, yeah, that, from what I've read and seen, I've actually updated a lot. But, yeah, so many people have been put off by the game, though, because they released it and it wasn't what they basically expected. You know, another game that's kind of similar to what's going on with Shinmu is the new Toe and Earl. I mean, it's, it was supposed to be released a long time ago, and, you know, there's been lots and lots of delays and stuff. And I think probably the biggest difference in why the different communities have far different feelings about those games is that I think with, uh, with Shinmu, they're, they're communicating regularly, and people feel comfortable with the progress of the development, where... As uh, with Toe and Earl, they're going you know months and months without updates, uh, and we know that they're working on the game, but people feel that they're not communicating very well, and they're getting really upset uh, that the game continues to be delayed and it's not you know it's, it's not out yet, and but that uh, Greg Johnson and his team aren't doing a very good job of just communicating with the community. And so I think that goes a long way uh, into how to manage your your crowdfunded community. As just well, it, it could be a good thing and a detriment because there will be people, obviously, even now who are, you know, like we we have before, who are like judging the current product, and then people are mm. very uh, skeptical and they kind of don't understand the game development process so you know i think you know releasing it too frequently will also isn't the best either yeah I, you know? I can, yeah i can completely see both sides there like Wilson said yeah because as we just mentioned people are bitching about shenmue's character models but right if they, like if they release like a trailer like when it was like right before it was done and it looked fantastic you know it'd be great but you know now you have like the seed of doubt in some people's minds when they're seeing it they're like eh, i'm not sure and we we're not sure how far along development this game is you know is this like near the final product is is this like only 60 percent, 75 percent done we don't know you know so yeah hmm. i'm still excited <laughs> oh yeah i'm excited for all the games Shenmue I just and, want and Shenmue Tanjama. HD to be announced at E3 because I'll be there, and Shenmue 3's release date. We got to figure out a way to get into the Sony. Uh, like, I think it's random the invitation, really? the press conference. Yeah, because yeah. oh, yeah. one of my friends uh, who went uh, two years ago, they he just randomly got an invite from Microsoft. Like he didn't ask for it, and he just got one. Huh. So I don't know how that works. Maybe, well, maybe we we should beg Sony to give us an invite. Maybe we should change our name to Sony Nerds for a little bit. See what happens. <laughs> that, could, that could work. <laughs> Just talk about Sony all week. Like, but there are so many PlayStation exclusive Sega games. I feel like that should be more than enough. You know. Yeah. Yakuza. Yeah, 
I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Shenmue-ish, like the console version, you, you that's got, exclusive. Yeah. No, Sega mostly release on the PlayStation. Let's face it. It's mostly yeah. PlayStation, then Switch, then PC, then Xbox. It's yeah. like... Yeah. And then Windows so, yeah, Phone. That, mm-hmm. Then Windows Phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I miss... Okay, I think oh, that's yeah. finally going to wrap us up for the news. Yeah. Uh, let's get into the mailbag. We did get a couple questions coming in from Twitter. Uh, this one I'm going to post to you guys because I, I'm not very knowledgeable on it, but, um, James Belmont asks, what are our thoughts on the difference in price between PAL and NTSC Sega Saturn games? Like, like if one's more expensive than the other? I guess so. I didn't know that was really a thing. I have never really priced PAL Saturn games. Graham, you could, you could tell us about it though. Uh, are Sega Saturn games pretty expensive over there? Uh, I guess it depends what game it is and wh- where you're getting it from. Pants I don't know. I've never. How well, much does PDS go obviously. for over there? Oh god, that's like I think it's about five hundred, six hundred pounds. Often, maybe, maybe even. I think you might be able to get it for like three hundred pounds. I've seen that before, but quite often it's pretty expensive. Uh, the the Saturn is it region right. locked? Yeah, I believe I it, is. it is. But you right. can get. There's an action replay called like a, it's like a five in one or four in one action replay, which you can get on like Amazon or eBay or whatever, which is about 30 pounds, I think, maybe a bit less, which you can plug in. It acts as a memory card and it acts as an action replay so you can do cheats, but it also acts as a, um, like a region lock, unlocker, basically. So you can play import games with it. Cause I've got Shining Force, um, uh, three scenarios, two and three from Japan. Um, and I could, I, I can play them using that, but I can't play them because I can't read Japanese, so I'm not very good. Um, you were so, Japanese lessons for a long time. I, I was, and I learned very little. Um, so it went yeah, right over I, your head, pretty much. And I actually said to my teacher, "I don't understand anything that's happening in the class anymore. I'm going to have to quit." I think. And she's like, "Oh, you get it. It's fine. You're doing well." I'm like, "I'm not. I don't. I just genuinely don't understand anything that's happening anymore. I'm out." <laughs> You're like regurgitating uh, the day of, and then forget it the next day. Pretty much. And there's other people who were there. Like, there's I have a few older people who like retired, and so they'd spend all week just relearning all the Japanese they'd learned in that lesson. They'd come back the next lesson, being really good at it. And then there's like two or three of us who were like younger and working, so. We'd go home, go to bed, wake up, go to work all week, then go to Japanese like the next week, and we just forgot everything because we hadn't practiced because we See, think, we didn't have yeah, time. That was gonna. That's what I was gonna say is, is practicing is the biggest thing. So I think if like I think if you and your girlfriend did this as kind of a a group thing where you guys went together and you would try to speak it at home, so where you're getting practice all the time. And I think that would probably be a way to do it because if you if all hmm. you're doing is just speaking it in class and you're not practicing those skills outside of it at all, you're never going to learn. You know, like if, if you yeah. if you moved to Japan and you had to pick it up, you would pick it up really fast because that's what you would have to do. You know, you, you you'd be forced to do it and you'd be you'd be in that environment all the time where you're you're speaking it, where you're having to read it, where you're having to translate, all those things. So people pick up languages when they have to pretty quickly, and I think that was probably the, the biggest reason is why you couldn't. Um, and that's coming from someone yeah. who went to one class of Japanese uh, in college and quit after the first time. So um, <laughs> I, I'm the pot calling the kettle black here. So, um, but 
I've always wanted to take yeah, Japanese it, and learn just so I could play Japanese import games. Yeah, same here. That's kind of one thing I've always wanted to do. Yeah, but, so, yeah. but I think the prices yeah. between Saturn games on NTSC and, and PAL are pretty similar. Like, you'll see Panzer Dragoon for like $600, $500 here, and you'll see it for basically the same price over there. You know, it's just... Mm. The there is one. Rate. The cheapest one is three hundred and thirty pounds, but then I've seen there's what like another one is six hundred and forty nine pounds. Right. So there's one on yeah. eBay for a thousand. So I always Woo! go because every once in a while I will go out on eBay and just look at the prices for Panzer Dragoon Saga, and inevitably there's always someone that's just selling one disc, like disc two of Panzer <sighs> Dragoon Saga, and I just don't. How does someone lose the other discs and just have one? Like, have, I have lost. I have lost one of my discs of uh, Skies of Arcadia, oh which God. is really frustrating. <laughs> I'm so upset by that. I've like, I've, I've checked all my Dreamcast cases, and I've checked. I've got like some old CD wallets I used to put games in. I can't find it anywhere. And I've got no idea where it is. So, uh, yeah, I lost. I lost a disc, and I don't know how, <laughs> which is really bad. It's the first time I've ever lost a game. Like, it's really annoying. Um, so I need to try and pick that up somehow. But Skies of Arcadia is obviously an expensive game. Yeah, but. Not not six hundred pounds expensive. Oh, which that, is good. that leads but us yeah, right I... into the next question, Graham. Okay. So Ben Burnham asks: Think we'll ever see a new Skies of Arcadia, or if anything from the HD rumors from a while back? Oh man, I will um, say yes. Always, the I will say no. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I I just think at this stage, Sega's not going to do another one. Um, which is just gutting because I think they should like well because I love the first game that's the reason why I think they should um, <laughs> but yeah I, I, it's one of those weird ones it gets sold as uh, on the Dreamcast so you know which was at the time it was released it was kind of like the 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 inferior system compared to all the other ones and then they released it on the GameCube which again compared to the Xbox and PS2 I think didn't have as big a backing um yeah, I don't know. I, 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 it pains me to say I just don't think they will, which is going to be cutting. But um, I'd love to see a, I'd love to see an HD remake and stuff at least come out because that'd be great. But what do you think, Chris? It's it's tough to say. I think it would. It's more likely that we'll see an HD remake ported to PC than we would a brand new Skies of Arcadia game. I think mm. it's just it's it's been too far gone. I don't even know if the the original director is even with Sega anymore. Uh, I'd have to do some research into that and see how much of the original team is even there anymore. Um, but I don't know. Like it's it's weird. I was thinking about it the other day, and it seems like Sega after since ever since acquiring Atlas, they've become more Atlas like than they have old Sega like. If that makes any sense. They, mm. in that they, they are now, especially here in the West, they are looking to port over and translate and localize more of their Japanese games than they had in previous years. And you're seeing less and less Western developed games released on consoles these days. Like obviously mm-hmm. a lot of stuff in Europe and Canada, they have, they have a lot of development studios that, that focus on the PC and they're, they're killing it on the PC front. But as far as if you look at console-wise, it's very little Western-developed games, or, or especially first-party games that Sega's doing, 
that are yeah. uh, that are actually released there. It's it's mainly Japanese developed games now, and I think Sega has has looked at the the Atlas formula and is starting to do more of that and just how they're they're localizing things and it's it's games that maybe don't cost as much money to localize like a Puyo Puyo Tetris um, and and things like that and they're bringing more of those over. And, but at the same time, they're also bringing out the bigger games. Like they're they're refocused on Yakuza, which has now become a a really big uh, series for them in the West, and it's it's very beloved. Whereas you know when they were releasing Yakuza one and two, it, it was not as well known at all. Uh, and so I just see them kind of being more like Atlas now, where I think they're just going to be looking to to find the Japanese developed games that would make sense to bring over here more than, you know, like really focusing on Western developed games developed and, and brought over to consoles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I just had a thought if, uh, Sega forever on, you know, iOS and Android ever gets Dreamcast games, perhaps you might see it re-released there. Cause that'd be awesome. Zero chance. Uh. There's zero chance. <laughs> There's no way. Like I just can't imagine Sega spending all the money uh, to to port Skies of Arcadia to mobile and not do anything with it on any other platforms. I just, I just, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Well, that would that would, that would you know, be Sega. <laughs> Sega Forever is promising every game from every system and See, stuff, and I don't it is think a Sega, fully Sega I think game. That was more. I'm sure they did. No, I think that that was more people misreading what they were saying. I think they were saying that they they're going to be releasing games from every platform, but not all of Sega's okay. games. Yeah, on to all see. platforms. They, I got to look at the trailer. I'm going to watch the trailer it's, now it's, and it's, just see it's what it's games it. from all of Sega's platforms releasing within Sega Forever, but they've never said that they're releasing every game. But people have misreported that out there. Metro uh, Revolution, what does it say? Uh, no, it's just, it just wouldn't make sense because every it, Sega console era, right? Exactly. For your mobile, <laughs> because then virtual yeah, tennis, then they, Sega would essentially <laughs> spend all the money in porting Skies of Arcadia. And then give it away for free with ads. But if they make a lot of money on ads, <laughs> you know? so after exactly. it, what they would do is like in, before every every random battle that you'd have to watch an ad. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> in Arcadia, there's already a bazillion battles that you have to do. The random battles. Well, yeah. they'll be realistic. It'll be like every fifth battle. <laughs> yeah um yeah okay yes it doesn't actually you're correct it does not say every sega game uh i misquoted that but um well don't feel bad you know, because tons of other publications yeah but they did say they are well, hoping they did to market it as every platform right yeah yeah so i they, you know they could in in theory they could like i, I don't know like uh, here's hoping this is my glass half full phase i hope at the very least it gets a release on sega forever um, okay, Marcin, you but said I'd you rather think, have it on Xbox, whatever. <laughs> of course, you would, Marcin. Mm-hmm. You said that you thought that Sega would release a new Skies of Arcadia. Why? Why do you think that? I mean, they released, like we just mentioned earlier in the news section, they released a Shining Force game or a Shining game, and it's been ten years. So I don't see why we should give up hope about that game coming out. You know, true. So, uh, 
Anything can happen. Shenmue 3. Although, te- technically, this isn't a new Shining game, is it? It's a remastered version of something. Right, but I mean, isn't that also what we're kind of hoping for, too, maybe? Oh, I like, guess so, yeah. If, if it's guys like HD, HD, yeah, like if it was a remake or re-release. Yeah, no, that's that's true. If Sega so, said yeah. they were developing a new Skies of Arcadia game in Japan, then I would, yes, the chances of that coming here would be, you know, very, very, very high. But until Sega announces something like that in Japan, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> so, sorry to be a downer on that one, but... There's still hope. Yeah? <laughs> so... All right, I think that's going to wrap things up. I don't think we have anything in the community section this this week, do we, Graham? No, not as far as I'm aware. Um, really, the only thing was actually the Sega Game Blast 18, which we've already covered in the news section. So, because yeah, yeah. there yeah, was more Sega related than mm-hmm. community related. But yeah, um, cool. I think that's it. And I, I hear that Xenocider is getting very close to releasing too. Like here in the next uh, few weeks. Ooh. So that's that's pretty exciting on the community front. So we'll mm-hmm. see. They, they've been tweeting a lot of uh, a lot of good news. So that they, I think they said within the next two months they hope to release the game. Awesome. That'll be good. So more to come on that. Uh, yeah, so that's going to wrap it up uh, for this week's show. Uh, as always, go to our website at SegaNerds.com to get all the latest and greatest Sega and Atlas news. Uh, and also follow us on Twitter. It's at SegaNerds and Facebook at the Sega Nerds, and if you want to check out Megavisions Magazine, go to megavisionsmag.com, or just search for Megavisions Magazine in uh, the uh, the app store of your choice. It's available on tablets, mm. on on your uh, mobile phones. You could even view it on desktop computers as well, or laptops, however yeah. you want to do it. So it's, it's available pretty much everywhere. Sweet. Yep. So, all right, guys, that's going to do it. We will see you next week. Take it easy. Okay, awesome. あ。ファミコンになった。画面いっぱいに飛び回る剣士郎。北斗千獣会見。無双天聖君にも北斗神剣が使えるぞ。お前は天を握ることはない。8月10日 Nothing will be wrong